Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. First, just let me say how awesome it is to be talking with a panther who herself has stepped out of line, Perry. I think you're just awesome, and I admire you so much for everything that you've done, and this podcast is just another great example of where you're stepping out of line and creating fantastic opportunities for people to share their stories and for you to share your story. So I'm so proud of you and so honored to be here on your podcast. And did I hear right that you're coming back for a graduate degree at Adelphi? Yeah. I'm excited that you're going to be a double panther and continue your focus on entrepreneurship and business and and uh, I'm excited to be working with you for the next couple of years as a student and then as an alum. So you asked where I've stepped out of line and I, you know, it's interesting. I think I've personally been stepping out of line since I was an undergraduate student. I went to the Georgia Institute of Technology, Georgia Tech in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was an engineering student. And at that time, there were very few women. So it was maybe 10% women. So I often found myself in classes as the only female or, you know, the first woman to take a class. I remember taking a weightlifting class, and I think I literally was the first woman ever at the university to sign up for a weightlifting class that had previously been preserved for the men. So I feel like my entire career has really been trying to kind of break that path and break a little bit of the glass ceiling or soft ceiling for women as I've gone throughout it. Following from Georgia Tech, you know, I, there were several positions where I was like the first female. I think when my daughter was 10, I wrote an article that was picked up by Forbes and I called it Wishes for My Daughter. And I think they changed the title to Hard One Workplace Advice for My Daughter. But, you know, it was really about the things that I hope I could change as a woman being the first in many of the roles that I was in so that women of your generation and her generation, because you're about the same age, wouldn't experience the same types of things that I did being the first woman. You know, so I've always tried to make a difference in my career as when I was a faculty member, I always tried to create an enlightened classroom and really talk about the issues that people would face in the workplace, both men and women, and how you create a very positive environment. And I tried to do the same thing in my classroom experience when I was the teacher um, to really create that dynamic environment where students could thrive. And then, of course, it's culminated recently with me becoming the first woman president seven years ago at Adelphi. You know, we're now 125 years old, so that was quite an honor for me to be the first woman in this role. And I've really focused a lot on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and really thinking about how we break down the systemic barriers for all of our students, and to really think about how we can, as a university, really focus on student success, and as well as the employee success that work for Adelphi. Um, I think you probably also know that a strong area of my focus is on leadership. And so I've built a career over the last 25 years on researching and coaching people around leadership. And it was probably about eight, nine years ago now, I gave a TED Talk called Dare to be Extraordinary. And it really 
focused on the thoughts on how we as individuals every day can think about how we can be more than just ordinary. And I focused on three things. One was providing your why. Why are you doing something? Why are you engaged with something? The second, which I think you've shown a lot of, is have courage. Have courage to step out of your comfort zone, make hard decisions, try new things, have the courage to fail, have the courage to pick yourself back up, you know, and have the courage to really stand out and make a difference. And the third area is to be resilient. You know, as I always say to people, you're never going to be successful 100% of the time. And so a lot of what you have to do is to be resilient and just learn how to recover and take care of yourself. And to, as I said earlier, pick yourself and keep going, keep doing. So when I listened to your podcast, I couldn't help but think about kind of my career and then also think about that TED talk that I gave and the, the focus on those three things, uh, finding your why, having the courage and being resilient. So those are kind of my principles for stepping out of line and something that I try to do almost each and every day. It was the matriculation week. For me, that I heard that I that night, I submitted my deposit, and I was like, hey, I feel good about this. Like, she didn't even tell me. She just took out a credit card, and then afterwards, she goes, I'm going to Adelphi. And she kind of did that with her MBA also. So the environment that Adelphi created for her is incredible. Some of her favorite professors, because I have been fortunate enough to sit in the classes with her, are my favorite also. I'm getting a bonus education without <laughs> without having to do the work. That's awesome. You know, I want to sit in on these classes and, and learn. That's fabulous. Being in the pandemic, when you have to reassure families and kids and make all these hard choices, do you have time to worry about yourself at all? How have you acclimated your life to it? It has been very busy. Um, and like I said, really, it's been two years since we've been working on the pandemic. And the first crisis meeting started in January of 2020. And it's pretty much almost been every day, you know, with a few exceptions on the weekends um, and big decisions. And, and I don't take them lightly because it's people's lives. You know, people's lives are at stake. And they're being impacted in so many ways, emotionally, physically, you know, financially, and I'm very aware of it. And I, I feel for every single person and family that has been impacted. So part of it is re me figuring out how not to internalize all of that, because we have, you know, close to 8,000 students, we have 2,000 employees, so 10,000 people proper. And then, of course, we have more than 100,000 alums that are part of it. One of the things I realized early on, I actually used to do this exercise in my MBA class, Perry, when I was teaching leadership. I used to give our students, um, the MBA students, a child's puzzle. It was like um, for 10 and 11-year-olds. And I would take away the edges and I would take away the picture of the puzzle. And it was generally something like a black cat or a green frog or something. And I would have them put it together. And it was an exercise on strategic thinking. And, you know, normally people, when they're putting puzzles together, they're going to look at the picture and they're going to say, oh, you know, I'm going to see it. And then they put the edges around the puzzle so that they can figure out the outline. And when I took those things away, what would normally take them five minutes to finish that puzzle, you know, being adults, it took them 20 minutes to 30 minutes, you know, and a lot of times they would come up and say, hey, can you give me what this is supposed to be, particularly if it was like all black, you know, 
And what I realized during the pandemic was that we were solving a puzzle, but we didn't have a picture of where it was going to go and we didn't have the edges. And so a lot of what I spent my time on early on was really just trying to communicate some of those edges and try to provide as much picture as we possibly could. I was very fortunate to have a disaster epidemiologist on our faculty, Dr. Casey Rondello, who, you know, he had been living and breathing this his entire career. And then, of course, now a, a global pandemic was unfolding, you know, in front of us. So he was able to help a lot with that. And so I think as I could get more information and help provide that out to the community along with our health and safety team, you know, I felt better personally because I felt like we were at least trying to help people understand where we're headed. And at the same time, being very honest and transparent about we don't have all the answers. And, you know, the other thing that I ended up doing was I ended up taking, um, just for myself personally, I ended up taking like an online writing class So, you know, every Wednesday night, I could just sit down with a group of people that didn't know me, I didn't really know them, and I could think about something else besides the pandemic and the university. And so I did find what I called just some additional creative outlets so that I could have something else to focus on beyond the pandemic. So a lot of it was just, I love solving problems. This one was a huge one, and really trying to help do that as much as we possibly could for our community and keeping everyone safe made me feel better personally. And then the second thing was just finding some additional outlets where I could have fun and, you know, just kind of decompress, I think. Actually, it was about a month ago, I was on a women's panel for my alma mater, Georgia Tech. And one of the questions that I was asked was, what would I tell my 21-year-old self, you know, if I had to do it all over again? And I had actually kind of given this advice to my son, who's also a senior in college this year. And I said, you know, you can't, I I wish I had known to not be as afraid of things uh, early on in my career and and to just go ahead and and do things that might step out of line or just go ahead and put yourself out there, kind of like Piri, you're doing by all this networking, you know, because the worst thing that can happen is somebody could just say no, or they don't respond. And so, but too often we hold ourselves back because we're afraid of something. And I remember you know, it was probably 15 years ago, I was doing a session for a a number of women executives at a large insurance company. And we were talking about networking. And I asked them, like, why aren't you networking? What, what, what's going on? What are you afraid of? You know, and it was always like, they were afraid somebody was going to turn them down, or they wouldn't have the time, or they might feel embarrassed or something to that effect. And I said, you just have to get past the fear of it because it's always going to hold you back. And, you know, good for you, Perry. I think networking is one of the best things that you can do. I mean, whether you're reaching out through LinkedIn or other kinds of means, you've built up this amazing 70 person network of people who are willing to help you or talk to you or mentor you or just brainstorm with you. And that's just fantastic. I think Perry, you're going to continue to surprise yourself and surprise us because I just think you're going to continue to lean into opportunities and discover more and more passions. And I think your voice will only continue to get stronger. And I can't thank you enough for doing things like your podcast. I know it takes a lot of extra work to figure out how how podcasts work and how to set it up and make those connections. But I just, it's such an important outlet for everyone to hear. And we're very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. What's the best takeaway you have from being president of Delphi? 
three things. One is that no one ever has all the answers themselves that, you know, many times issues are like so big that you need teams of people and other, you need to make sure that you're listening to other people and getting other people's perspectives. So I think, you know, for me, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in takeaways is to really just listen and pay attention and get input from other people, particularly on really big issues. The second is related to that is I always try to approach all situations with a great deal of empathy, you know, and put myself in other people's shoes um, on what they may be experiencing or perceiving. And, and that helps me, I think, understand points of view much better. And then the third thing really is patience. I think more than anything, you know, when you're dealing with a community of 10,000 people, a lot of different issues come up and, uh, you know, a lot of um, personalities are involved, et cetera. And so I think for me, it's, you know, to make sure that I approach all issues with patience and, and make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm really understanding what's going on. So for me, those are kind of the big three things that I, I think about each and every day, you know, in terms of just my approach towards leadership and, and dealing with other people. And particularly during the pandemic, you know, I think that, like I said earlier, there's just a heightened sense of a toll, I think, on many people just because of the isolation and 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 the other hardships that have gone on. And I, I just am approaching each day, I think, with listening, empathy, and patience. How do you continue to you know, because you visited me in my office, the two of you did, um, I, I was hosting regular open office hours, and then I would bring in my bulldog, Georgia, you know, at least once a month, and she would host students in the president's office just to get people come in and be, you know, make it less scary, I think, and she would have donuts, and they would feed her green beans. And then, of course, I was going to the athletic uh, performances and then all the performing arts. And, you know, then I was going to club meetings and residence hall meetings and things like that. And of course the pandemic changed all of that. So um, I miss it. I miss actually being able to hang out. There was a period of time, obviously this year that we were able to do that, that I was able to get back to going to different performances or an athletic event, or, you know, we had the holiday lighting event on campus. So I was able to go to that and hang out with the students. So I was happy to be able to do that. I've still continued my office hours. I just do them online. And then we have done purposeful meetings. I meet every month with our student government association at the undergraduate level and then our graduate student council, the leaders, just to hear what they're saying. I've met with, you know, residence hall leaders and things like that. So I've been more purposeful in reaching out um, to our students so that we can hear their voice, as have many of the other executives, because we really do want to hear what's happening. And as you know, I've always had kind of an open door policy where people can email me or, or come in for open office hours and we try to resolve any issues that they have. One of the things that I did add formally was I did set up a new office called the Office of Community Concerns and Resolutions. And it's almost like a one-stop place where people can go. If they don't know how to get an issue resolved, they can just go to this office and they'll help navigate them through the system. And then we've put in place uh, things like care teams. So if students are having some issues, they have somebody that's kind of assigned to them to help them move through it. So 
trying to just be think very creatively about how to stay connected. But I do miss seeing everybody, you know, almost every day um, on campus. That's one thing that's really changed over the last two years of this pandemic. So I'm hoping at some point in time, we can kind of get back to that. And Georgia is a very big draw, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I think the donuts too, but they would come in, you know, students would come in, um, you know, in between classes and just kind of hang out with her and, uh, it was just kind of a nice place and nice thing for her to do and for them to have experience with as well. And you've been a role model to the women at Adelphi University. I, I say this um, in all sincerity, though, Perry is as much of a role model for me as I may be for her. You know, I think about our students who have challenges, you know, that like I haven't experienced. And I just I do. I think it takes so much courage and resilience, you know, to do what you're doing and, you know, and you're just being such a fabulous role model for me and for all of our students and for everyone at Adelphi. So I would just say back at you. I'm one of your biggest fans. <laughs>